are listening to The Final Take. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Wynn. And I'm Tim Cox. This is a conversation podcast where we talk TV, film, and our love for it all. This episode... (laughs) Sorry, I got lost. (laughs) This episode, we talk our watch lists, the latest entertainment news, and of course, trailer pitches. But first... If you're among our tens of listeners or new to our podcast, please help us out by smashing that like or subscribe button and give us a five-star review on any and all of the platforms you're listening on. Maybe even tell a friend or a loved one about us and share the link to this episode. Tim, if our tens of listeners need a script for sharing our podcast with their friends and loved ones, I've got one for them. Okay. And it goes as follows. hello dear family member since you mentioned podcasts there's a great one (laughs) you can't do this without laughing there's a great one i listen to it's called the final take it's so good there's these two brothers-in-laws brother brother brother-in-laws brothers-in-law these two guys that are related through marriage. They talk about movies and TVs and pop culture. Did I say TVs? Plural? You said TVs. <laughs> uh, it's a great podcast. You should listen to it. I listen to it on Apple on, on Apple Podcasts, but like, I think they're on Spotify too. They're everywhere podcasts are located. <laughs> they're on your favorite streaming platform as well. So that's a great script, man. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can post it up online as a promo. <laughs> Maybe we if, can. If you can get through it without laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Well, today we, uh, we're we not reviewing a movie, but we're just talking some entertainment news and some trailers dropped and, and our watch list. So, Nelson, what's on your watch list? Well, Tim, the first thing on my watch list has been on my watch list because it's outside of the other premiere TV we've been watching. Mm-hmm. I've been watching Welcome to Wrexham, which just concluded its first season. Yes, I watched it myself. That's so good. We need to do a sports a sports episode. Sports we should. We should. Because there's some amazing sports documentaries. And I've there talked are. about this before. Like... You know, like the real Wrexham team, you come you come to watch something about a documentary about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhinney. Most probably, most likely Ryan Reynolds, unless you're like an OG. It's always Sunny in Philadelphia fan, like I am. But you come for 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 a Ryan Reynolds documentary. You stay for not just the sports part of the documentary, but the town and the people because they're just as much characters in this sports story as the new owners and as the team itself. Um, and, and they spend as much time with the locals and, and with the people that kind of make up this town in Wales and, and the supporters of this team. It's, it's incredibly well done. Yeah. Um, it's quirky, it's serious, it's dramatic, it's, you know, you it's have like, there's heart in it. 
you know, you get the the perfect where like, you know, it when you're watching when you're watching a, a match, you know, there's like a build up and 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 they do it perfectly in this in this documentary or in the series where they, you know, the action starts to turn and, and you can hear the, the, the score kind of build up to like a major goal or a major event on the pitch. And so uh, it's, it's really well done. It's very entertaining. Um, I, I think whether you're a sports fan or not, even if you're remotely a Ryan Reynolds fan, you should watch it. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree with that. So what else are you watching? Oh, I'll let you go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, okay. You want me to go? Okay. Yeah. So I'm catching up on a lot of, um, a lot of people, because obviously since we started this, people are asking me, Hey, did you see this? Did you see that? Um, so the dropout is something I'm catching up with on, um, Hulu. Okay. That's the, that's the Elizabeth Holmes one, Holmes one right? The Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> yes. This is my voice. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, funny enough, I have a friend who, who really followed, and I loosely followed the, her, her story and, and a little bit of the trial and stuff. It was interesting just to kind of, I'm about halfway through right now. It's incredible to see this story just kind of play out. And she just does a magnificent job playing this role. So I, I, uh, I'm excited to conclude it. It's my, it's my, um, you know, whenever I have a spare, spare moment, I'll watch it. Yeah. 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 It's one of those things. And it's almost like, it's almost too, too good to be true. Right. Yeah. Like all the circumstances around it, like high school dropout, you know, prodigy supposed to be the next Steve jobs develops this breakthrough technology. That's going to, you know, change everything about lab work and, how mm-hmm. we test blood and yeah. And then predictably <laughs> an incredible demise. And then, you know, the unraveling of, you know, a myth mythology. Right. And, and I guess, you know, I guess any, any like startup or any kind of transformational, you know, technology or story has a bit of myth building, right? Like, yeah you know, the early days of Apple and the early days of, you know, Amazon, where it was like Jeff Bezos in his, you know, in his garage selling books. And, you know, there's a lot more strategy and probably a lot less glamour around it, but through the lens of, of, uh, of history, it's very easy to mythologize. So it's interesting. Yeah, totally true. All right. What else? What else are you watching? Um, I mean, this is a new one, and, and we're probably gonna cover it at some point. But it's it's so good, like I gotta talk about it because it's in the moment. Tales of the Jedi on Disney Plus is incredible. Like, you know, the the Lucasfilm Disney marriage got off to a really rough start like they didn't do them themselves any favors by like you know throwing out all the books comics and everything that came before outside of the movies as canon like they they didn't endear themselves to fans by by throwing out all of that 
and then wanting to establish new canon from a business right. standpoint, obviously it makes, it makes perfect sense, but sure. from, from a fan standpoint, not great. And then mm-hmm. like, you know, for all the goodwill they got from, you know, uh, um, what's it called? The, the force, the force rises. What is it? The last Jedi or no, the force awakens. the, the or, force uh, awakens for yeah. all the goodwill they had from the force awakens. They didn't do, again, didn't do themselves any favors with the last Jedi and, and, um, and the, the rise, rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Um, but this pivot to TV mm-hmm. long coming, right? Yeah. Like, like George Lucas was trying to get a TV show made for forever at Fox and just couldn't get one off the ground. They, they even yeah. shot up a, a couple pilots and, and the most recent TV, especially this. So, uh, this tales of the Jedi. So it's in the same it's in the same animation style as like um, the Clone Wars and and uh, uh, the Bad Batch, and they're kind of short episodes. Okay, but they tell more of the backstory, or they fill in some backstory from two two major characters. One is Ahsoka Tano, um, her birth, and then kind of her time as a Jedi, and a, and then another. The other is Count Dooku. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, where Andor explores, like, what creates a revolutionary. The episodes that are centered around Dooku, like, what what turns someone to the dark side? And it's crazy because, you know, obviously episodes one one through three of, of the prequel trilogy were supposed to be, like, they're supposed to examine you know, what turned Anakin to the, to the dark side to varying degrees of success in like three, like 15 and 19 minute episodes. They crushed it on what turned count Dooku to the dark side. Nice. It's it's so good. I'll have to check it out. And whatever Dave Filoni is on, Mm -hmm. like he's just putting out, bangers on disney plus (laughs) nice that's awesome so cool well i'll have to check that out tales of the jedi um it's good yeah that'll put that on my list so all right so for me again another another hulu entry is uh i'm going with a uh a little bit of uh foreign language watching um there's a I, I found this out by on accident. I just kind of stumbled upon it. It's a a film call or a, a series called Santa Evita, and it's about Ava Perón, who obviously she was the first lady of Argentina. She was the subject of of um, the musical Evita, "Don't Cry for Me, Argentina," all that kind of stuff. So she's um, there was an issue with her body over after her death where they lost her body and all that other kind of stuff. So um, it's, it's kind of takes place in that, that um, right when she dies and embalming her and kind of carries on with the exile of the, the military coup and the exile of Juan Perón, her husband and president. and, And then, you know, follows that story of, 
you know, what happened to her body. So I, I only watched part of the first episode, so I'm, I'm definitely hooked and watching it, but, but it's, you know, when, when you have to read the, the, read the, the dialogue with subtitles, you know, you, you got to provide your full attention and I wasn't yeah. able to do that right away. So yeah, interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of something that I always, I always found fascinating. So, you know, so hang on. So, so is the, uh, is, is the Ar- Argentinian woman actually played by an Argentinian woman and not a white American lady? <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's all, it's all a, um, yeah, it's, it's all Spanish speaking South American. <laughs> So it's not it's not played by Madonna. <laughs> oh, good times. And the last thing on your list for right now, what do you got? Um, the the first half of season six of Rick and Morty. I uh, it is 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 weird because previous seasons of Rick and Morty, there's like all kinds of like promotion and pageantry around it. Lots of marketing. Mm-hmm. But season six kind of like quietly dropped. Like, you know, as is the early seasons, you know, it would be like a year and a half, almost two years between seasons, I think. So, yeah. you know, it was a much bigger deal. I think just the improvisational style of, of how they do their voice work and then having to, you know, draw and redraw and then the type of crazy sci-fi action um, that they do. Um you know, really elongates their episode making process. Yeah. And, you know, so I think it was one of those things where when there's, since there was so much time between seasons early on, there was, it was much more celebrated, but the last two seasons they've kind of honed in their process. They've got money. They've gotten more money um, since they re-upped with adult swim, Um, you know, to have more resources. And so like, you know, season five dropped last about this time last year. And then the first half of season six, kind of the same, like, you know, a year later they, they dropped the, the first six episodes of the season. And, uh, and so I, I watched those, I, I, I let them play out a little bit so I could binge them straight together. And man, I, you know, like you forget just how good that show is. And then it, they, they drop a season. You're like, Oh my gosh. And then, and then they have like a twenty four a twenty four hour stream of the first five seasons on on Adult Swim's website. So like at any That's time crazy. of the day, you can just pop in and watch this live stream for free. Oh my gosh, that's insane! <laughs> so like season six, I mean, it's like the perfect mix of self contained episodes and ones that push the narrative, and and. and and they're so unpredictable. So like I was thinking about this the other day when I was, when I was starting to watch season six of Rick and Morty is that, you know, like multiverse, um, jumping time travel, space travel, all that stuff. I mean, it, it, it's been done before, but not necessarily in the same show, but then at the same time, like, (laughs) A show like Rick and Morty, like, crawled. So, movies like Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, and Loki, and 
all of these coming multiverse, like Marvel multiverse movies, you know, could run right again. Like Marvel's been doing what if since like the sixties, and they they've been they they've kind of dabbled in like these kind of you know zany crossovers and mashups of characters, right? But like like Rick and Morty is you know a major theme is if if you have access to your infinite selves, the infinite universe, and infinite versions of yourself, why does anything matter? Right? That was a major theme in everything, everywhere, all at once. And just the way they examine like the zaniness of the infinite infinite realities is so off the walls, bonkers, and crazy. And like this, the situations that they they roll into, it's just like funny thinking about like Loki and all the crazy Loki characters that they came up with. And I remember seeing like this discussion. This this it was like a it might have been like a Twitter thread about like all these how they came up with all these crazy Loki characters and how they wanted to really push it push the envelope and I was like I and I was thinking like I mean you pushing the envelope on zany zany Loki characters was like oh we we thought of like a crocodile Loki you know what I mean and I was like clearly the people the fans talking about this have never seen Rick and Morty. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I digress. That's, that's okay. I mean, Season, it's it's good to good to see see you know the inspirations for things coming from from uh, things that you love that aren't as well known. Yeah, you know, like yeah. you're you're one of those grassroots guys. You know that that um, you know that's like truly the alternative. You know, listening to that band before they became famous or. This band is is inspired by by your favorite band, which never really got off the ground or or really became that successful. But they, if it wasn't for them, there's there's you know, lots of art would not happen. You know, yeah, that's that's Rick and Morty. Uh, well, uh, yeah, and and you know, um, I, I mean, I was in on it early on because of Dan Harmon. So like because of Community, like you know, he did Community and all that. Um, and when I saw that he was, you know, developing a cartoon for Adult Swim, I was like, "Yep, I don't even care what it's about. <laughs> Watch it." <laughs> nice, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. You know, season have, six continues. It's yeah. so good. You gotta watch it. I know. I have to admit, I haven't watched it, but my, um, I have the, I bought the whole series up to like season five i think yeah and so i um i'm actually gonna binge it with my kids when they're old enough so i I got it got it on sale it might be a while so you go ahead and just binge it now (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is adult swim right it's it's for sure pg-13 it might be older to be honest with you (laughs) okay noted All right, Tim, what's your last one? Oh, okay. My last one, another, um, another foreign language piece. Um, I turned this on on Netflix because I've been wanting to watch this, uh, just, just dropped last week. All quiet on the Western front. Yeah. We talked about this. So this is, this is, is it a remake? Is it like a a new adaptation? It's just a new adaptation of, of the book. Yeah. And so, and it was done German language. 
Um, I started watching it. Um, it, again, you know, you need to full attention because it, it automatically defaults to play in English language on Netflix. Right. Yeah. But I changed it to, to play in German with subtitles. So man, you went um, full on like Tim Arthouse this I, week, right? Where you're I like, cannot. I'm gonna listen in the original with subtitles. <laughs> I cannot do overdubs. I just can't. I cannot, cannot, cannot do overdubs. It's too distracting. It's too distracting. I get it. It is. It is. You'd rather read than like look at bad dubbing. Yeah. It's like all those, all those, uh, uh, Kung Fu movies where they overdub those things. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, subscribing to that kind of stuff, but it's so far, it's amazing. And, um, I, I can't wait to conclude it. Um, I, getting a little too distracted is just like, it's one of those things, you know, my kids just, you know, they're distracting sometimes. So it, they, they, I, don't know uh, what you mean. I know they get their turn to watch the things that they want. But when, when the adults get to sit down, it's like, can I have something to eat? Oh yeah. You know? And it's like, come on, man, come on, <laughs> you're killing me. I don't know what to do. So, yeah. So that's, that's that. So I, I can't wait to, to watch it. So nice. uh, uh, to finish it off. So nice. All right. Well, that's our watch list brief, but let's, uh, let's talk some latest news. Shall we? Yeah. Latest news or as we've called it before. Hot topics. <laughs> Oh, oh. I, I almost wasn't picking up on what you're, <laughs> but I did. I got, so I, I got a bit there. planned. I had a bit planned because I was like, <laughs> you got to read it like the Red Shoe Diaries version. Not that That's I right. know what Red Shoe Diaries was or understand that reference of that HBO show from the nineties. Yeah. The ones that you, you watched when the <laughs> TV was scrambled. <laughs> You're like, yep. You can tell by my laugh. Uh, yeah. Hot topics. So, so when we're talking latest news, we don't do this very often. And when we're talking latest news, we're essentially talking news that's relevant. No gossip or or any of that kind of stuff. No, we're just talking. Yeah. No. No reality TV. Yeah. Yeah. There will be no Kanye or Kardashians here. This is a this is a no Kanye zone. So uh, we're, we're straight up talking about the moves that they make to make the moves that we want to see. So first of all, James Gunn started his first day as co-CEO for DC Entertainment. Um, what do you think about that? You know, I, <laughs> I am like across the spectrum on this. One, because like, yay, James Gunn got some money thrown at him. And like he's gonna be in charge of saving the DC movies. Like, I'm for it. Like, oh no, is like we're kind of losing James Gunn though, right? Like, maybe, maybe he'll you know, he'll he'll kind of pop in and decide, like, you know, as he's guiding the overall arc of all of these stories. He decides like, oh, I want to make this movie. 
and we still get like little James Gunn movies. But I I don't know. Like uh, and then on top of that, it just goes to show that in DC finding their Kevin Feige, like these these people just don't grow on trees, right? Like the Kevin Feige's and Kathleen Kennedy's of the world, right? Like someone who has the producing chops and know how to get things done that under that, that knows and understands the canon, even the deepest of deep cuts and how everything connects, not, not just like everything, like every, every encapsulated like characters universe, but then how it plugs into, you know, the, the overall, you know, umbrella of the greater universe and then how those stories weave in and out of each other and how they lead to, you know, these like epic events, like, and then on top of that can do all the other Hollywood producing stuff like casting budgets, uh, um, uh, marketing, overseeing all that. Like Kevin Feige and Kathleen Kennedy just aren't just walking through that door and they need two people. <laughs> To fulfill yeah. all of those, well, the the responsibilities I, of the CEO of, yeah. of DC. Well, I th- I also think that they're probably going to give um, James Gunn a line to to make some movies, write and direct as well, which I I am completely against because I just think they need someone who's a dedicated creative producer who's going to be able to string a world together without being bogged down by actually making their own movies. Um, we'll see how it plays out. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna, what the future will hold. I, 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 it is promising. I'll say that I'll be optimistic because I'm an optimistic guy, but, but, um, I, I we'll see how, how it plays out as I, far as, as whether he's bogged down, like Zack Snyder was making his, his, you know, seeing his vision play out, but also at the same time crafting a world while he's casting everybody and everybody's taking the helm to do all these other movies and stuff like that. We'll see how it goes and how it's all tied together. I'm not really sure how. So here's where I feel like once again, DC is taking the wrong lesson from analyzing the things that Marvel is doing or has done. Right. So like early on in, in the MCU, there was one creative visionary that was guiding everything around a central storyline. And that was Joss Whedon guiding everything that was plugging into the Avengers, right? After Avengers two, they booted that. Like they're like, Nope, all, all of that creative, like the, 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 the story threads and all of that is going through Kevin Feige. And then not only that, but they created like, a, a a like a story review board that craft all of the intertwinings of these stories and so they have an idea of the direction before they even bring in like people for pitches or like before they even go go down the route of putting something in development there's like a team of creatives over overseen by Kevin Feige who's like p- 
putting all these pieces together. Right? Yeah. And then, like, you know, DC's like, oh, well, we need a creative person that's going to weave it all together in the vein of, like, Joss Whedon or in the vein of, like, of, 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 uh, what's his name? Snyder. Oh, Zack Snyder. And, and, And it's like, maybe not. Maybe you have a producer who can oversee. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like they're kind of taking the wrong lessons from all this again. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I'll stay optimistic and see how it plays out, but you know, I'm not, I'm not excited. Hey, listen, so, um, they've done something right. They're bringing Henry Cavill back. Yes, they are bringing Superman, Superman back. <laughs> yeah, they are bringing Superman so back. They're so they're already a step in the right direction. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so what else you got for on the movie news or not necessarily movie news? Um, entertainment news. See, I mean, look, this is this is probably the most important of these of these stories. We're getting a Sandman season two, Tim. Oh, we sure are. So Neff, so so the other day, DC accident. Speaking of DC, <laughs> DC's mismanagement. <laughs> Their, yes. their their former social media manager. <laughs> I, I only say that. I only say that just assuming. <laughs> I'm just making a joke. Their their the DC's Twitter account accidentally jumped the gun and tweeted out, you know, the announcement that they're getting a season two. Quickly deleted that, but as we know, the internet is forever. And someone caught that. So then Netflix and, and, and friends had to finally come out and announce, yes, indeed, we've greenlit season two of The Sandman. And I'm super psyched for that. Yeah, so I'm very excited about um, Sandman season two. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be pretty epic. I, I, I really I, I think it's one of their better shows, original shows. And it's and it just goes to show you where the, the good moves also that DC's making as far as is letting their properties over to uh other platforms to develop those so yeah yeah good times i'm excited yeah 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 i don't care what comics they adapt what direction they go from what we got in season one like the creative team on that show with neil gaiman and their showrunner and all of that yeah they're all right Yeah, totally. And it, you know, is is as oddly strange as that show was, it was really well done. And you know, I mean, that the whole diner scene—you're just sitting there, it's incredible. Thinking like it, you're watching some kind of random David Lynch play out. You know, David Lynch scene play out, and then by the end of it, you're like, oh, okay, that was pretty awesome. But they were like. There were little vignettes like that through the entire season yeah. where they like cross genres, cross styles, right? It's still dark, right? Like it's not like oh, David yeah. Lynch is like, dark. you know, <laughs> it's not like David Lynch is out there doing Wizard of Oz, you know what right. I mean? But yeah, like, yeah. you know, you're right. That diner scene was, it was different, like tonally and just, um, not tonally, but like, just the pacing of it and, and everything mm-hmm. that was going on. It was incredible. And then you get an episode like 
uh, was the one where he runs into that man and, you know, he says like he, he, he gives him immortal life and then, you know, visits him at, at this pub on the same day, every year, every hundred or every hundred years to examine like what he's learned and, you know, what it is to be human. Like that episode was so good. It was so well done. So yeah, yeah I nice. can't wait. Season two. Okay. All right. Other, other, other news, exciting yeah. news also from Netflix. Well, I don't know. Exciting. It's, this is the nexus of Netflix. And DC. <laughs> yeah. Right here. So it's one of those things where like, it's like good news from one hand, but like, if you're a fan of the show, eh. anyway, I'll get into it. The Witcher mm-hmm. has recast the main role of of Geralt. Geralt, what's Geralt? Name? Geralt. I don't know. Geralt. Anyway, Henry Cavill reportedly Geralt. leaving the series. They've recast it with a Hemsworth. That's right, Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> he's he's the skinny Hemsworth. Uh, kind of I mean, th- look when you look at them like walking around, it, I, I, it's yeah. like you know fighters like they're walking around weight. They're yeah. all fairly skinny. Like Chris Hemsworth is just super tall, and he's relatively skinny for his height. And then he yeah. bulks up for the Hulk, right? It's I mean, right. like sure, like like uh, like Hugh Jackman, right? He's like six three, and and he's a fairly skinny guy, but then yeah. He's he got just chicken like, legs. Yeah, but then he just like super bulks up for, for Wolverine. That's true. So, That's true. Like I can imagine that like, you know, Temporary seeing the bulk. genes at work, if yeah. Liam Hemsworth wants to throw on like 30 pounds of muscle, he probably could. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. So plus he probably has free access to his brother's app to work out. <laughs> yeah. So I'm thinking he's, I think he's covered. Hey, look, so. here's the thing though. He's title role now. Like yeah. he's the star and mm-hmm. it's Netflix. So he's got that Netflix money where he can just be like, I, I'm going to get cut and I'm, I'm yeah. going to bulk up for this. And yeah. so like, you know, for the next six months or whatever, the studio is going to be paying for him to throw on some weight. You know what I mean? That's true. You know, and, and it's interesting because I, I mean, I, I thought he was a pretty good actor and stuff. And one of the things is that, He's, he's always had, he has that young teenagey look to yeah. him, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that's one of the things that's kind of stopped him from actually being able to be kind of a, a leading man in, in, in certain films. Cause I know he was up for Thor as well. Well, I, I thought he was, as his brother. I don't know if he was originally cast for it, but he was like a front runner until, yeah. until they, until they <laughs> until they screen tested his brother and I was like, yeah. oh, this. Where do you see my brother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, good for him because like, yeah. he's always kind of like been on the sidelines. Yeah. Like in Hunger Games, you're always kind of waiting for him to do something, but he was always like window dressing. You just kind of feel bad for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's a Hemsworth, so he's already like. He's already he's, he's on, already on third base. He's on yeah. I was just gonna say exactly <laughs> that. He's already on third base, so he's good to go. Yeah. But you know, you just feel sorry for his character because you know the the dude that's five four is is you know getting more attention. Yeah. Um, 
than the than the the brooding guy at back home, you know. Yeah, but good for him. Yeah, like he's he's got his starring role that yeah. you know could propel him to greater heights, so to speak. Yeah, totally. totally Speaking so. of greater heights, this yeah. probably also means that Henry Cavill has departed. I don't know why. I don't think anyone's yeah. specifically said why, but like. It's pretty Superman. obvious. Let's go. Yeah, it's pretty obvious, you know, and I know that he had like some type of six picture deal. And, and, and for the, for the most part, I think that that was more to placate the fans. Oh, sure. Saying that, you know, he's got a six picture deal with DC and to bring back Superman. And, and I really think that um, after man of steel, you know, you really feel despite the fact that he, he came back and played, played uh superman and and batman v superman and justice league you really think that you, you know he could have done more with that role had there been more solo superman films sure and that is one of the tentpole f- franchises in the dc universe you know and and why wouldn't they why look, wouldn't they at least attempt it look we've talked about this yeah they rushed it they did. There should have at least been a Superman to a Man of Steel two, possibly yeah. also a Man of Steel three, and then Batman v Superman should have been split up into two movies. Yeah. Right. Like they should have. They should have done Man of Steel two, and then did Batman v Superman. Just the first half of that movie. Sure. Where where it was Batman and Super like the culmination of. The, them fighting mm-hmm. and then man of steel three could have been the death of superman with doomsday like yeah that could have been an amazing arc like trilogy for him yeah and, and then but they, like, yeah you're right and then like they could have followed up man of steel three with justice league one or two mm-hmm. right like i don't know man well you know being being the anchor film just like it all comes down to money. It was always about money with Warner Brothers. Is that yeah? But the, prob- the expecting... problem is they jumped the gun and then they cost themselves money, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. They wanted to. They were expecting when Man of Steel uh, performed equitably to Iron Man as the anchor film of the franchise, but yet it, there was a relatively unknown actor in the role of Superman. So you have to adjust for that as mm-hmm. well. And it's a darker version of Superman. It was, it's a little bit more edgy and they thought that they were going to make a billion dollars in the box office. And any fool will tell you that those aren't the circumstances that make it had, they cast somebody who was super well known to play Superman. Right. Um, that would have been a different situation because then people would have come out for that person to play Superman, sure. you know, to see that person there because they're a box office draw. Then it would have made a billion dollars. Then that would have changed the situation and they would have made a man of steel too, because that was the intention all along was to make, to make a second man of steel film. And before they even started going into the shared universe. So, um, yeah, they they just they just pivoted, and that's when things went wrong. 
that's but but all those films made money still. Well, that's the thing that they they relatively made money when you when you account for like when you account for like marketing and all those marketing, other costs, yeah. they didn't make as much as it seems. Yeah, um, but they also needed, at the same time, they needed to have made a billion dollars to to have turned a profit. Well, but also at the same time, you you want to look at look at the the um, the first uh, the first phase of Marvel. Those films did they they did uh, they did you know okay, but Marvel was still bleeding money before it turned over to Disney. Hey, look, and I, both were taking chances. Yeah, both took gambles. Obviously, in hindsight. Marvel's paid off. Yeah. And there's a reason why the entire executive team from like the last 10 years of DC movies, they're, they're, they're gone. And, yeah. and there's probably reason why, why Warner's been through two major mergers in the last, what, five years at this point, six yeah. years. So, I mean, you know, they, they were, bought by AT&T and then they're spun off and then, and then bought, you know, and they merged with the sky. Like, you know, if they were doing things right and truly turning a profit, they wouldn't have been through this many acquisitions in as many years. Yeah, that's true. That's totally true. So, but Hey, I think everything's working out for a reason. We hope, Liam Hemsworth does well. They did. They did take the high road as far as praising each other. Sure, you know for the departure and the new addition. So uh, I we look forward to uh, what things come with The Witcher and also uh, with Superman. So all right, all right. Well, well, hey, guess what time it is? It's time for some trailer pitches, Tim. It is time for some. Oh, is that my cue? <laughs> yeah. Do we both loud? have control over that? <laughs> I don't know. I, th I think we do. Uh, hold on. All right. Let's do it again. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. It's time right. for some. Trailer pitches. All right. So I would we put a different spin on this trailer pitches this time. I came up with seven trailers. And can you Nelson, hear it? Can you hear it on your end? No. Oh, man, I was trying to play the sounder and it is not working. Oh, that sucks. Sorry. <laughs> That's OK. <laughs> we got it. We're good. Um, so let's uh let's see here through seven trailers yes came out um probably more i actually definitely more but i i was very selective i picked some some of the more popular ones and oh yeah and some yeah there's no ones, reason but... for we don't need to kill time here this is to get to the meat and potatoes like, yeah yeah so, the ones that are that, that are worth watching and talking about watching. For sure. yeah okay all right so let's get into this really quick so from Apple TV Plus, we have Spirited. The pitch on this one, Tim, is it's like Scrooged. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Savage. <laughs> it's like Scrooge, <laughs> but funny. <laughs> 
No. And with song and dance. <laughs> uh, sorry. Scrooge is one of my favorite Christmas movies, man. How dare you? It's a classic. I know. <laughs> but funny. No way. Uh, okay, you sorry. do not know the true meaning sorry. of Christmas. Like a like a Christmas Carol, but funny. <laughs> so uh, that wasn't intentional, was it? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, look, when I first watched Scrooge as a kid, yeah, I did not get it. I did not get any of the humor in it. It was like too oh dark. Gosh. It was too like nuanced for me as yeah. a kid when it first came out. Cause like I was a fan of Bill Murray. Yeah. And you see the video, you see the cover at, you know, blockbuster and you're like, what's this? Like it's Bill Murray. And like, what's a skeleton hand, you know, on here holding a cigar. Like this looks really cool. I want to see a Scrooge. All right. It's based on a Christmas Carol. Okay. But then like, you know, for for me at that age, it was like way over my head. The jokes didn't land, and I was like, "Oh, that's thing." And then yeah. looking back at it on first release, not a lot of people got it. On rewatches, yeah, you can appreciate it, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. I I love Scrooge is one of my favorites. I watched it when I was in high school, and uh, I I bought it when the price of VHS tapes came down yeah. from like thousand dollars down to like 20 bucks um so yeah but this is this is kind of in the same vein where they're reinventing a christmas carol sure and um in a different light yeah so it looks looks pretty more good. comedy I'm pretty excited. more song and dance yeah i mean you get two two of the great improvisers in comedy uh, uh of not just their time but of all time, in Ryan yeah. Reynolds and Will Ferrell, the Playing the trailer themselves. looks like so much fun. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I know, I know. So me too. All right, from 20th Century Studios, aka theatrical released, aka Disney. Disney. Yeah, we own everything. Avatar: The Way of Water. I'm gonna stand by this one every time I've mentioned this. <laughs> This is Dances with Wolves in Space in water. <laughs> in water. In space in water. Uh, this looks like a cartoon. Uh, I mean, it looks, I mean, even what they show in the trailer looks very similar to the first one, where it's mm-hmm. like only this, it's like the evil corporation is coming to take all the resources again. And you know, even though he's fully ingrained in his tribe, they need right. help from a new tribe that he has to like get in with and learn their ways and earn their trust. Um, you know, to take on the human corporation. Yeah. So again, yeah, I dances with way dances with wolves in space. In water, <laughs> yeah, in water this time. So yeah, we'll see uh, see how this turns out. I think a lot of people, I think a lot more people are down on Avatar. You know, it's it's not a film that really stood the test of time. I don't think. I think it was more of a curiosity at the time because it was three D. 
And it was the yeah. first 3D movie like that. Yeah. And, you know, like the visuals it was a, were visually stunning, were, it was visually stunning. So like it had so much going for it that like was breaking new ground and it was James Cameron yeah, in, in, in his first movie since Titanic. Sure. And so I just, I don't know if this is going to hit the same. I, I don't think it will. That's, I think it'll I'm, do I'm well. I think it'll do well. I don't think it's going to yeah. be like groundbreaking number one movie of all time. Yeah. I don't think enough people are going to come out and, and, I, I'll, we'll see about the reviews. It it may get right through the coals. So um, just because it's like, it's kind of one of those, it's been done before. Yeah. By James he, Cameron he the in the first one. Him. Yeah. I don't know why he think, thought it was a good idea. Hey, let's do, let me do four more. Let's run it back. <laughs> yeah. Let me do four more of these. You have that much story. That was like the matrix films, man. It's all right. Like, all right. All right. Let's not get 15 crazy. minutes of story. Let's not get, get, get the matrix out your mouth. <laughs> thank god we're not in the same room. You. i'm sure i'm sure i'll uh yeah so all right on netflix troll this one it's like godzilla but with more white people <laughs> <laughs> is this this is is this like the old troll movie just a remake i don't know it, it's but like the visuals and the vibe of it totally remind me of the most recent version of like the wb version of godzilla where it's like a like a kaiju you know monster movie but set in norse mythology yeah so like you know the troll in real life tearing up Norwegian village. Like, are there like big cities in Norway? I like all, like all I think of is like fjords and fjords. like villages. I don't think like Nikeas. I don't think of like Tokyo Godzilla, where there's like tons of tall buildings. Like I, I imagine like, <laughs> like the troll yeah. tearing up little, like two story, two story thatched roof. <laughs> yeah i know like oslo is the capital of norway and there's like i i think it's probably about the size of i don't know tucson or something maybe or phoenix yeah I don't good know. times so, uh, no it yeah, looks good but, it looks good yeah. right I'm, you know not to de- you know degrade it at all but it looks it looks interesting enough um, you know, I think they gave a little too much of it away, uh, in, in the trailer. Um, I, in, in, in movies like this, like, especially with Godzilla, the marketing God of, of these like kaiju movies is like, it feels like a less is more approach is better in the marketing of like, you show the people's reactions to seeing the monster. You show a glimpse of the monster, like in, in shadow, or like, like, you know, when the monster stands up, you see its shadow being cast across. And that's all you show in the trailer. You don't actually show the yeah. monster. Um, right. But they gave away the goat on this one. So I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Yep. All right. Our next one. Well, it's on Netflix, so it's not they don't have to worry about a box office. So. Yep. All right. 
So HBO Max coming this Christmas, probably the biggest Christmas movie that we'll see this Christmas. Yep. Besides Spirited. It, and, um, and Santa Claus 4. Oh, wait, isn't that a series? I don't even know. The Santa Claus? I think I think it's a series. All right. But that's okay. All right. So so probably going to be the biggest yep. uh, Christmas movie. A Christmas Story Christmas. Before I go into the pitch, if we did a Christmas counter of how many times you said Christmas and I said Christmas in the last like minute and a half, Ding, 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 It'd be ding, like ding, fourteen. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Take a shot every time one of us says Christmas. I'm gonna pistol whip the next person who says shenanigans. <laughs> anyway, here's the here's the yeah. pitch. Okay. It's nostalgia on top of nostalgia with nostalgia filling. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. And they actually got all of the original, some of the originals to come back. Well, right. So, like the original, Which is exciting. The original Christmas story. Was like it was made during the eighties, yeah. With the story taking place in the sixties, so mm-hmm. like already, like when you watch it back, it's it's a time capsule. It's it's of a time. Sure, it was made. It was very specific in the cinematography to make it look like an old film. Exactly. Yeah, and then for this one, instead of like fast forwarding to modern day Ralphie, mm-hmm. it's like. Ralphie, but like in the eighties, right? You know, so again, it's like a nostalgia. It's it's a it's it's a period movie. Yeah, a that's a sequel to a period movie that celebrates yeah. that previous period movie, <laughs> but then also brings in like new childhood things for kids of the 80s you know so like yeah it's like nostalgia stacked on top of nostalgia here yeah totally or hat on a hat hat on a hat if you're looking for a ADM thing on that <laughs> yeah that's true so i'm excited about this yeah. one this one looks this kind of came came by surprise so I'm, I'm i'm pretty excited so it's good to see the guys dusting off uh uh peter billingsley and Putting him back in the, putting him back in the game. I mean, so. apparently he's done pretty well as a producer, right? Yeah, I think so. Plus, he's he's also never really gone away. He's he's, uh, he, I think he he was friends. He's in the little Jason Bateman, Vince Vaughn crew, so he's he's always popped up in the little things. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Moving on. Let's see. From the Peacock, we have a series here from Pitch Perfect, Bumper in Berlin. Oh. I don't have a pitch for this one. <laughs> Everything is bigger in Berlin. <laughs> Even David Hasselhoff. There you go. Oh, man. Las Minas Schmerz and Nick Verlorenzain. So this is going to be a series. Um, it's a spinoff of Pitch Perfect. Yes. It's, uh looks like it's going to be fish out of water. Yeah. And I think, I think it's good to explore this, uh, it's basically pitch perfect in Berlin. Yeah. It's it's but then also like meets David Hasselhoff. But then also like fish out of water with a sprinkling of like a failure to launch. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Cause he was supposed to be like this bit he was the big man on campus when he was in college. But then fast yeah. forward, he's still like he hasn't done anything. Like he thought he was gonna be a big yeah. acapella star. Sure. 
Well, I, here, here's a here's a uh, impromptu pitch on this. Everyone likes everything in Germany. They have such a bad history. We have to like everything, even David Hasselhoff. <laughs> so let's put Pitch Perfect in German. So, um, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. I think it's gonna be funny, and I thought he was one of the funniest parts of Pitch Perfect. I, I like the first two films. The third one, I completely fell asleep. My 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 Pitch Perfect three story is we. It has to do with the reclining seats in the movie theater. Yeah. Completely fell asleep. Snored myself awake loudly. And Nancy was embarrassed. And I was sitting right next to, it was a packed theater. So I was right next to some lady. So I spent the rest of the film laughing to myself. So, all right. Let's get into some Marvel action here. Yep, these are the two big ones. Rounding out our trailer pitches. Yep. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, the final trailer. So I I don't know if you saw all of them, but like, again, you know, Disney's marketing team has just mastered the cadence on all these because with the movie release eminent, it's not just the final trailer. It's like the final trailer with three like mini trailers that have a theme to them. And then also like, like little featurettes. Yeah. And I watched all of them and like the only way to describe it is like Dean Pelton convulsing from seeing Jeff Winger in aviators. Yeah. We're definitely going to be covering this one. Oh my gosh. Like I can't wait. Like one of the mini trailers was, was, was like a take on, you know, that one, that one Chadwick Boseman tribute trailer. Yeah. And then they had one that was promoting, you know, a, the a new original song that Rihanna made for the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And then they had a little featurette on, on Namor and, you know, hit, you know, the more of the character and how, you know, he has like a Mesoamerican origin. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, man, this movie looks like it's going to be so good. Yeah. I'm that's that's I'm so excited. It's, it's excited to see that that they were able they were able to pull it off despite not knowing that Chad Chadwick Boseman would pass away. Oh sure, so, sure, sure. You know, it's uh, it'll be a celebrated film for sure. Oh so, yeah, and a good and a good tribute to him. So very, uh, you know, he just became very iconic in a very short amount of time, and yeah, and uh, with all with his career and and um, you know. So, all right, last one here, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Wasp, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumanium. Yeah, this one, um, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's really a pitch to it other than like, like mind blown. I, Let's go deeper into the <laughs> quantum realm. <laughs> There's all kinds of things in the quantum realm. It's like, hey, there's cities. Hey, hey, there's Lord of the Flies. Hey, remember? There's MLMs. It was like, <laughs> it was like, remember when Ant Man was traveling through? Yeah. So, all right, all right. So, interior, Marvel boardroom. Hey, remember that scene in Ant Man and Wasp where he's traveling into the quantum realm, and then. 
there's like a cloud in the distance. One of the animators decided like, Hey, let's, let's put like what looks like a city on there. And yeah. we thought, Oh, that would be a fun throwaway. What if we set the whole movie in there and brought everybody into the movie? Sounds good. It's got everything. It's got Lord of the flies. It's got MLMs. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, what are stay-at-home moms in this random city in the quantum realm selling? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Makeup, Tupperware, essential oils. Oh my god! You too can make money by staying at home in the quantum realm. Oh man! And the fact right. that this is going to be like truly introducing the next big bad for the MCU. Like they dip their toes in, in, in Loki where he's like, Mm -hmm. he's like the one that's currently in charge. But then like, you know, he, he's warned Loki that if, if he kills him or if he dies, like there's ones that, you know, will fill the power vacuum and they're much worse. Right. Mm-hmm. So like this is going to be like fully introducing the character of Kang the Conqueror into, into the MCU. So like, you know, it's like the universe inside a universe and yeah. Um, But like, you're right. I mean, you know, how, how does like one go from, I am the master of this city in the quantum realm. I imagine that there's universes outside of mine or inside of mine. Mm-hmm. I just want to conquer them all. Like, <laughs> yeah. How does one go from like, I'm the mayor of the city to I am the mayor of all the universes. <laughs> That's true. I, or I'm the, I'm the king of all universes. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to be just a less humorous Ant-Man meets Spider-Man No Way Home. So, you know, uh, and and also they they brought back like the full creative team, right? So like same director, same writers, or at least the same director. Mm -hmm. And and, and yeah, but at this point, they're kind of instructed in which way they need to go, you know, as opposed to how how they get it off the ground and not completely integrated into the MCU. Yeah, but that happens later. Hey, Whereas Paul you, Rudd's a big star a now. Freeman. He's the sexiest he man alive. He wears sex pan, sex panther cologne. He probably still wears so. it on on set. So like, I'm sure he if does. He wants to do another another few takes to just yeah. like riff on a line. He gets only his six takes, per, okay? sixty percent of the time. Sixty <laughs> percent of the time, every time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I th- I think that I I. I yeah, from that perspective, sure. I'm sure that's going to be there. And, and there'll be some little snarky stuff, but they're getting into that serious ground of of really having to up the stakes and stuff like that. So, I mean, we'll see. I think it, I, I, I've got high hopes for it. I, I'm pretty excited about it. I, I know I'm sounding pessimistic, but I mean, at the same time, I, I, I'm excited. I'm very excited for this film. I think it's like the best parts of Loki, the best parts of No Way Home, and then also... Um, aside of, you know, all three Spider-Men coming in, um, but, you know, bringing all that together. And I think this will probably be the last multiverse film 
that we see from what from what I'm aware of. I think this is the is this the closing out the multiverse saga? No. Oh, it's not. No, oh, okay. Secret Wars will. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. So like, so this is so that's why you're you're getting like the the successive Avengers movies in one year. Yeah. Because Kang being the next like real big bad also gives way to Doom. Right. Yeah. And and you have like the multiverse versions of Kang, and then the multiverse right. versions of Doom. And in Secret right. Wars, depending on on which one they adapt or like how they adapt it, it's like it's going to end up, you know, where all of the multiverse versions of these characters are going to like kind of have a, a play out in the right. in the culmination of it. So like, yeah, yeah, no. So this is this is all leading up to Secret Wars. OK, so so Sounds basically good. the next the next like five years of Marvel movies. <laughs> yeah if you're tired well, of multiverse to, now buckle up <laughs> well actually we should say two and a half years two and a half years Three, sorry look wait 26 if you're tired of the multiverse or if you're confused in the multiverse you got to get yourself educated or get some understanding of it because uh, yeah. you know many of the next of, of, of the coming movies are going to be dealing with it. So yeah, it'll be pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. And this, this kicks off the phase five. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel. So phase four is like, like table Black setting. Panther forever. Yeah. So, or, or Ooh, resetting right. after, after they, after they sunset all of the, the original. Yeah. The original team. True. Sounds good. All right. Well, that was a lot of stuff that we went over. So that is our final take. So if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, like, and give us five stars. Also a glowing review. That doesn't hurt. That's what we want for Christmas. So our podcast can reach more people. And thanks again to Tyler Hobbs, Space Ranger, for the original music. Check out Space Ranger exclusively on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the final take pod email us at the final take pod and gmail.com and check out all of our webisodes webisodes our episodes <laughs> on our website what? yeah <laughs> I, was, I was just had that kind of converging at the same time website and episodes but i guess maybe we can call them webisodes i like it all right we just coined a yeah. new internet term we're gonna be that's internet right. famous that's right the final take where we're internet famous. All right. And join us next week where we talk weird, the weird Al Yankovic story, and we'll have a special guest to join us. All right. Until next time. 